This is Lessons from the Old Republic, brought to you by Arcania Jedi Templar, here at Anchor Radio, Spotify, iTunes, or wherever else you listen to your podcast. Hey everybody, it is your host, MJ, or MJ Hannigan, if you will, coming at you with a great episode, coming from the Old Republic. Now, when I talk about the Old Republic of Star Wars, I'm talking about, like, the Obi-Wan generation. So, you know, between just before Phantom Menace, right up until the end of Revenge of the Sith, we're going to call that the Old Republic era. I know that there's an old, old Republic era in the EU books, but to be honest, if we talk about any of those, we're going to just literally talk about the book Revan. So we're going to kind of skip that out. But in any event, today's episode is about compassion. Which, funny enough, Anna can describe compassion as unconditional love that is essential to a Jedi in the book Attack of the Clones. Now, compassion is a concept explored in many religious and philosophical points of view. For many Jedi realist community, the Jedi Order of the Old Republic had like a Buddhist flow to it. So because of that, I'm going to take a Buddhist flow to this episode. Um, Again, you know, to be honest... Within the Jedi Realist community, depending on which religion or philosophical view you followed, you tended to kind of veer that way to how you saw the Jedi. Like, some would have seen Knights Templars, others would have seen Buddhist monks, you know, so on and so forth. So, if you agree, cool. If you disagree, cool. Just keep an open mind and see what you get from the episode. All right, from a Buddhist point of view, we got two things we're going to skim through. This is not going to be a deep dive on Buddhism. I've done those episodes before. And to be truthful, that would be like a four to six episode series that right now I want to do an episode in 25 minutes. So it's definitely not going to happen. I might explore the concept down the road. But as of right now, no, there's no plans to redo those episodes. If you want to check them out, uh, go to over to Jedi Realist Radio over at Blog Talk Radio. You'll find the Buddhist Jedi episodes there. All right, for a quick skim, you know, in Buddhism, as we know, there are four noble truths. One is life of suffering. Two is the road to suffering, which is generally kind of accepted as attachment and cravings. As in, we suffer because of our attachments. We suffer because of our cravings. You know, attachments are our loved ones, our families, our dogs, uh, the person that we're dating, our friends. And in truth, if you look at the downfall of Anakin, you'll definitely see, in truth, most of that downfall led because of his attachments. In fact, a lot of the Jedi of his era kind of shunned him because he created bonds with people for him his friends were more important than anything you know he never necessarily sacrificed a mission per se but he made sure he got the mission completed as well as saved his friends and we've seen that over and over in the clone war series uh next one you know for the road to suffering cravings cravings are you know i want more cool i have a job but i want more money I want more shiny, pretty things. I want 
more control at my job. I want to be the boss. I want to be in power. Uh, for those within the recovery community, we all know what cravings feel like, so probably don't have to go too deep into that. But again, suffering, for the most part, is due to attachments and cravings. There could be other words used. There could be other examples used, if you will. Again, this is a deep dive. Or this is not a deep dive. All right, the number three for the noble truths is that we can overcome suffering. And the way we overcome that is through number four, the Eightfold Path. Now, the Eightfold Path, funny enough, is divided into three parts. Wisdom, ethical behavior, and mental capabilities. For the first uh, three for wisdom, we have the right view, the right intuition, or sorry, the right intention, and right speech. Right view is seeing the world for what it is, not what you want it to be you know, trying your best, and the word trying is totally fun in the Rails community, I'll get crucified for that later, but, you know, attempting to see the world without your own perspective, you know, without your political bias, your religious bias, you know, whatever. It's seeing the world for what it is, not what you want it to be. For right intention, it is where is your heart at in this situation? Is it right and true? Do you really wish to help people? Or are you doing what you're doing for ulterior motive? If you or have ulterior motives, then the words right intentions will never fall into your life. Again, right intentions is doing what needs to be done because it needs to be done. You know, why do you have the job that you do? Why do you do what you do? Um, why do you help people? If your intention is because you legit want to help people for its own sake, that is right intention. Uh, right speech. Right speech can be kind of tricky depending on how you talk or who you speak with. Right speech is being honest and truthful to the best of your abilities. Sometimes you need to withhold information to not hurt other people. And other times it's not your story to tell. Thus, you are not telling it. Even if you are asked, you know, when I'm asked about people, places, or events, my thing is, and I will be truthful in my answer and say that's not my story to tell. Therefore, I'm not confirming or denying anything that may or may not have been said or done or, you know, whatever. Right speech also means attempting not to hurt people. However, sometimes you kind of need to hurt in order to heal. Yeah, you need to say things. You don't have to say things meanly or cruelly, if you will. But sometimes you need to tell people the truth, which might hurt them in the short term, but it's going to help them in the long run. So kind of be careful as it pertains to right speech because, yeah, you're trying not to harm people. But like I said earlier, sometimes you kind of need to cause harm in order to heal. The next one uh, ethical behavior, we're talking about right action, right livelihood, and right effort. Right action is pretty self-explanatory. Doing what's right in the situations. Sometimes doing what's right is not necessarily doing what's legal. You know, laws are not necessarily right or wrong. They're just the guidelines that they want our communities and societies to live by. Sometimes you even have to go against rules or policies to do what you feel is right. 
And if you get, lose your job for it, okay, that's fine. You know, if you're willing to die on that hill, then die on that hill. Uh, right livelihood, you know, what you're doing for a profession, does it go against your own ethical, moral, and whatever behaviors? You know, if you are a vegan and you work at a meatpacking plant, you definitely need to reconsider uh, what your livelihood is because those two things kind of going to go against each other. Same thing if you're living in active addiction and you want to work at a treatment center. Probably not the right place for you to be. Like, really, I can have that list go on and on and on if I really wanted to, but I'm going to kind of end it there. Uh, Right effort. You know, again, how much effort are you putting into understanding a situation? How much effort are you putting in to truly help others? Uh, you know, admittedly, I will help people as much as they help themselves. I will not go above that point. And I will put no effort into people who are not trying to do anything for themselves. If I'm going to invest my time and my effort into people, then they better be putting as much or more into whatever we're doing. All right, the last one, mental capabilities. Uh, right mindfulness and right concentration. Right mindfulness, it's again, kind of going with all the rest of it, is having your head in the game and thinking about the entire situation, not just what you want. Again, you kind of get this when when people are searching for advice. It's actually a very dangerous situation because oftentimes what advice that these individuals are given is what the other person will do, whoever they're speaking with, what they will do in that situation. But we need to understand that when we do that, I'm not living in your shoes. I am not living your life. I do not have your consequences or your rewards. So when I give advice, you know, the best advice I'm known for giving is at the end of the day, you have to deal with the person in the mirror. You have to look yourself in the eyes and ask yourself if you made the right decisions today. If you can look yourselves in the eyes and cool, then you made the right decisions. If you cannot look yourself in the eyes, then perhaps you kind of screwed up somewhere along the way and kind of need to re-examine your life choices on that one. Not saying right or wrong, good or evil. It's just, it's your perspective. It's your life. You have to do what's right for you. Uh, my brother, my oldest brother, is notorious for he would never give advice. He would ask questions. And in truth, that used to annoy the hell out of me. But later, I've come to realize the wisdom and value in that. He would ask questions not because he wanted to direct me one way or another, but he wanted to make sure I looked at every possibility and plausible outcome of situations another uh, a cousin of mine used to give the advice of be smarter than yourself meaning whatever your knee-jerk reaction is let that go and think about a better solution to a problem but in any event that's a quick overview of the four noble truths in the eightfold, eightfold path now let's look into compassion in general and explore that for the episode 
All right, compassion as defined by, I think it's like dictionary.com, is sympathetic pity or concern for the suffering or misfortune of others. And another definition I found, which I don't know if I agree with this definition, but I'll throw it out there. It is uh, compassion is people who suffer together. I have never actually heard it in those definitions it might be more from like an empath point of view of your suffering with the people you're trying to help but again we're kind of kind of go with the first one is you know concern for the misfortune or the suffering of others all right another word we're gonna have to kind of dissect at this point is also discernment discernment is the ability to judge well you know compassion is saying Yes, I understand your pain, if you actually do understand their pain, or trying to help them through their pain or through their suffering. And discernment is knowing when to stop helping. When to say, look, these are the roles, these are the boundaries, I cannot cross this. So compassion and discernment flow together in some ways, but they're also opposites in others. All right, in Buddhism, they often talk about the middle way. In Star Wars language, with Luke Skywalker, it would be finding a third of two options, which I always thought that scene was stupid when I used to read it in the books. And now I totally love the expression, finding a third of two options is a hell of an example for the middle way. You know, and finding the middle way or the third of two options is finding balance between extremes. I really wish Republicans and Democrats would figure that out. We'd be a lot better. But again, in this example, we're talking about the extremes of compassion and discernment. Now, before we move forward, let's talk about compassion. Uh, Compassion is not just doing what the other person wants you to do. It's not about saying what the other person wants you to say. You know, for example, um, if you have a friend who's dope sick going and giving them money to go get what they need to get to get themselves straight, um, that's not compassion. That's called enabling. We do have a lot of enablists within our society, not just within like the active addiction community, but just in general. We have parents who enable their kids to be little brats, and when they grow up, they become even worse. You know, we we do have a lot of enabling and we need to get rid of that. We need to get rid of that extreme of compassion and focus again on sympathy for the suffering and misfortune of others. All right. um, When you look at finding a middle way, we're just going to take, take a look at three steps because I don't want this episode to linger for an extreme amount of time. Okay, for finding the middle way, the first thing you need to do is you need to set those boundaries. And you set these boundaries for a couple of reasons. One, to protect yourself from the situation, because if you become overly compassionate, you invest too heavily in this individual. You can A, hurt yourself, or B, you could hurt them. You know, you do need to let your kids fall and skin their knees every now and again. You tell your kid not to touch the hot pot and they keep trying, eventually you just got to let them do it. And that way they learn the lesson on their own. But if you become overly invested, for example, if I become overly invested in somebody 
and they relapse and they take fentanyl and they die, that could totally destroy me as well. You know, being factual. That, again, is an extreme situation, but a valid one. Um, you know, you need to set those boundaries for your own mental health or self-care, if you will. If you don't set those boundaries, you're setting yourself and the other individual failure. I guess another reason for setting boundaries is, you know, if you work for like from a master Padawan point of view or from a sponsor, sponsee point of view, dude, sometimes you kind of got to kick the student out the nest a little bit. You know, you cannot always be there when they fall. The, you just, you can't. You need to put that separation that says, I got you from A to B. I got you, you know, from Padawan to knighthood. I got you through your 12 steps. You know, I gave you all the information, knowledge, whatever that you required. Now you kind of got to cut the safety net and you got to, you know, be on your own. You have to do your own thing. You know, example of that is when Yoda and Obi-Wan were talking about Anakin and uh, Yoda saying, you know, ready for a Padawan Skywalker is... But, you know, the bigger lesson will be, will he be able to let go when the time comes? Again, a lot of times, relationships, student-teacher, master Padawan, sponsor, sponsee, kind of become codependent relationships, which, again, is really dangerous. Again, sometimes you do got to cut the strain and, you know, live your own life. All right, the next one is dealing with harmful behaviors. This must be done with wisdom and compassion. You know, you are not a punching bag for other people. Sometimes, yes, I will let people vent. Sometimes it's kind of funny, because especially when they get done venting and raging out, you just look at them and say, are you done? Are you really listening to yourself? Are you really looking at yourself when, you know, in the mirror when you're saying all this? You know, is this really what you feel, or are you just kind of venting out a little bit and... You need to kind of calm down. Or, okay, cool. Now that you got that out of your system, go and take five minutes and come back. Let's talk about how we can fix this situation or what we can do to maybe not fix the situation, but what we can do to move forward from the situation. And often that kind of works out really well. <clears throat> now the next one is addressing conflicts. And this needs to be done with skillful means. As in, as much as I would love to say, as I am part of Gen X, we treat everybody the same. Through years of knowledge and compassion, I've learned that, no, that's not necessarily true. Sometimes you do need to speak to people differently, depending on where they're from, how they're raised, or what kind of lifestyle they have. Um, the way I speak with some of my friends, I'm very outright, blunt, and direct, and they could handle that. Some of my other friends don't understand sarcasm, so I need to not use sarcasm. And some of my friends right now might be in a fragile uh, state of mind, and being overly blunt might actually... Uh, prevent progress and prevent them from getting where they need to be. So, you know, skillful means basically means understanding your audience 
and knowing the best way to approach those situations and how to correctly deal with it. But in any event, that's kind of it for compassion and, you know, finding the middle way or the third of two options. If you enjoyed the episode, great. Thank you. If you don't like the episode, eh, I'm sorry. Uh, it is what it is. Not every episode is going to be made for everybody. Um, I could try to make them for everybody, but that would be practically impossible. Um, other than that, if you guys want to do me a favor and check out both the Unified Jedi Facebook group and the Unified Jedi page, uh, the Facebook group is a collection of Jedi talking about, you know, what we feel is important for our path and what we do within our life. Or if you want to take a step up, check out the Arcanea Jedi uh, Academy Coffee House, where it's actually an order that's designed to, you know, go through a Jedi program, if you will, from Padawan to Knighthood. If that's something you're interested in, check it out. If you're one of the Christian Jedi who uh, listens to the episode, um, check out the... Oh... Christian Order of Jedi Knights on Facebook. Sorry, it took me a second to remember that one to get it out correctly. Um, also, you know, if you are on Spotify, if you enjoy the episode, if you want to contribute, 